No, I actually lived and I grew up in, in Chicago. And this was in the 80s. And I did watch Doctor Who on Channel 11, WTTW, at 11 p.m., where the Max Headroom incident happened. So I saw that live. I even taped it, actually. Yeah, so that was a really, really, really interesting when that came up. I didn't know about the Southern uh, TV incident until 2019 when I got a really strange phone call from a guy who was also interested in solving the mystery song. And uh, yeah, he told me, yeah, you know, I have the solution and, and we have to meet in Hamburg and we have to meet with Paul Baskerville and I will tell you exactly what happened with the mystery song. I know everything about it. And I said, well, you know, I, I cannot travel from Berlin to Hamburg just on a hunch. You need to tell me a little bit more. And he said, yeah, but you know, Before I do that, I need to find out if you're open to, um, you know, alternative stories and mysteries and things like that. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm open to anything. You can, you can tell me what you want. I listen to anything. And he said, yeah, you know. And then he started about uh, parallel universes and, and time travel. And he told me, you know, very clearly that the song was a number one hit in a parallel universe. And that people had by accident left the cassette when they came to our universe and that the um, intergalactic police or whatever that was supposed to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, get rid of these artifacts, um, they didn't do a good job. And that's how the tape uh, basically wound up here in Germany and or whatever it was played. And I said, okay, that's interesting. And he said, yeah, and there's proof because um, have you heard about the Southern TV accident uh, incident? And I said, no. And then he sent me a link and that's when I heard about it. And the guy believed in those two things and it was amazing. And then I, I you know, I investigated that as well. And now it's, it's been solved. Hello, I'm a podcaster. And what does every podcaster want? They want a mystery a rabbit hole that they can dive into and take you along with them. Excuse me, so, do you have like a cork board? That's the rather predictable sound of me buying a cork board and some of that red string that you see detectives use. You see, I think I've found my mystery. All right, well, Timo, from what I can see, well, I got the mic up, but from what I can hear from that, you have a couple angles you could go on. This is Lost Wave, the most mysterious song on the internet. Yo, T-Bone, did you produce this? Sounds good, right? We found out afterwards when the wall came down, the secret police, they'd been monitoring his door. They knew full well that all this stuff was being sent to me. There was this guy who used to send me a lot of a punk stuff. There's a, a secret police file on him. He'd go into the archive in East Berlin now and access it. And all the letters he ever sent to me and all the letters I ever sent to him, they've all been archived. They're all... They're all, they're all, all kind of taken note of by the secret police. Ever had a song stuck in your head? A song that keeps going around and around, demanding that you try to identify it. I'm sure most of you have. It's such a common thing. We even have a name for it. Earworm. Sometimes we're able to rack our brains and figure out what the song is from the little snippet that's been in our heads. Other times we might hear that same song on the radio, on TV or online and suddenly, serendipitously, we're reminded of exactly what it is. Then there are songs that we overhear and want to know what they're called and who they're by. 
we're compelled to try and identify them. That's what Shazam's for, right? Now, normally, we can find something to help identify that song. A snippet of melody can be enough. A lyric is even better. We might even have part of the title or an idea of who the artist might be. And if all else fails, there's Google. And most earworms are resolved eventually. A few days, weeks, months, maybe even years. What's extraordinary about this earworm, though, is that it's still unidentified after 40 years. And it's not even an earworm, really. We have the whole song available to listen to whenever we want. And I can play it for you in full, because if anyone claims copyright on it, then the mystery is solved. I'm not going to do that now, though. I'll stick it at the end of the pod. Now, hunting for lost songs is a thing that people do in dark corners of the internet, and also on YouTube channels with millions of views. They contacted me, and they just said, hey, um, do you know how to get in touch with Paul Baskerville? We're looking for a song here, and he might help us because he may have played it, and blah, 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 blah. And that was it. That was my first contact for many months. Months later, um, I guess in my YouTube list or something, there was a, a recommendation. Then, you know, I found this one of these Wang videos that explained uh, more about the mysterious song. And then I connected and I said, yeah, okay, I understand. That's what they were talking about. And then, I, of course, I became very interested. The scene even has a name, Lost Wave. Are you familiar with the term Lost Wave? Yeah, we invented it. Did you invent it? Mm. <laughs> Lost Wave is not a particular genre of music. The song just has to be lost or unidentified. And according to r slash Lost Wave, my current Reddit obsession, it can't be mainstream or popular. Lost Wave tracks are all over the place as well. They're hiding in plain sight often. This is a scene from John Hughes's 1980s teen movie, 16 Candles. And no one knows what the hell this song playing in the background is. And then there's this reggae number from the fascinating disaster that is How the Duck. It's actually quite hard to hear in the film, but here, someone on YouTube has enhanced it. But the most mysterious song on the internet is the holy grail of Lost Wave songs. And when you hear this story, I think you'll know why. It's 1984. A 14-year-old kid called Darius and his 17-year-old sister Lydia are growing up in Wilhelmshaven in West Germany. To the southeast is the city of Bremen and around 60 kilometres to the east across a bay is the much larger city of Hamburg, that big port city where the Beatles famously honed their craft playing the city's seedy bars and clubs. Darius and Lydia are obsessed with music, and they've got pretty cool taste too. This is from a Reddit Q&A Darius and Lydia did a few years back. My sister introduced me to the right music at an early age. Otherwise, I might have listened to modern talking instead of modern English. And this is Lydia speaking to a local community radio station called Radio Jade. Here, Lydia is played by my wife, Holly. Thanks, Izzo. 
We got into New Wave relatively early on and then enjoyed bands like Depeche Mode, Simple Minds, The Cure, U2, the better known ones and then lots of unknowns. Circa 1984, these two music obsessives from this little town in northern West Germany do what most of us did back then, they turn to the radio. Specifically, NDR, Nord Deutsche Rundfunk, which sounds rad. Darius would take the songs he liked off the radio. He'd then copy these recordings to other cassettes. The guy made mixtapes. Who doesn't love a mixtape? The cassettes were then cross-recorded in order to have a good tape that you could show off because that was also something that defined you if you were into music. There were no playlists and you could really score points with a cool mixtape. I think it was played on, on that show, on NDR 1, on, on Musik für Leute. My name is Hilmar Kraft and I run an archive on Paul Baskerville's show at NDR Radio. Darius is quite sure that he recorded it uh, in the afternoon. He is sure it was still daylight and it was in September. So, I mean, it could have been in the early evenings, but it's more likely it was in the afternoon. So I, I think it was on that show. This is famous Yamaha synth uh, on it, uh, where we said uh, this just came out in, in, in that period. It was brand new, um, especially in 1984. Nobody could have uh, afforded it, especially not on, on, in East Germany. The broadcast date, we all think uh, late 84, so sometime between September, October, something like this. One night around this time, he's finishing up his recording for the night and he's writing down the names of the tracks and the artists. Check out the jams on this cassette. Heaven 17, Sunset Now. Depeche Mode, Master and Servant. Malcolm McLaren, One Fine Day. This tape is excellent. I told you they had good taste. Simple Minds up on the catwalk. Corey Hart, I wear my sunglasses at night. Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters. Golden Earring, Twilight Zone. Question Mark, Blind the Wind. Captain Sensible, What? The Dominatrix, Dominatrix Sleeps Tonight. Hang on, what was that track? Blind the Wind. Question mark, Blind the Wind. Question mark is not some early meta band name in this case. Darius doesn't know, so he simply writes a question mark on the cassette. It's okay because it's a cool song and someone will play it again, right? But no one ever does. Darius grows up forgets about the song, but like a lot of us, he hangs on to his old cassettes. It's now 2004. The Red Sox win the World Series. Lance wins his sixth tour. And some nerd starts a website. In Watertown, Massachusetts, Mark Zuckerberg, creator of Harvard's Darius, now 35 and still living in the same part of northern Germany, is going through his old cassettes. Turns out, Blind the Wind isn't the only song he had failed to identify. I think he still had about 10 or 12 unknown songs in 2004. He then digitised them. This is what Lydia told Radio Jade. There was already the internet, everything was there, computers, the possibilities were there. And then the question was... How do we find out who plays or sings these songs? He found a lot of the other things on the internet because he understood the text. And at some point in the early 2000s, 
all these lyric sites appeared and many, many things were found. Then we thought about what to do with the unknown songs. That's when I had the brilliant idea of giving my brother a domain for Christmas. Or his birthday, I can't remember exactly. He created a bit of internet space in a completely secret operation. I then sent him the link for the occasion, I think it was Christmas, on Christmas Eve, and then uploaded little snippets of the still unknown songs with a little description underneath. One by one, the songs are identified. There was one song amongst those 14 that Darius liked more than the rest. Yep, Blind the Wind. The only one of the tracks that couldn't be identified. And now it's 2007. This is one device. Apple announces something called the iPhone. And we are calling it iPhone. Barack Obama enters the race to become president of the USA. I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for president of the United States of America. And here in the UK, new Wembley Stadium opens. Also in 2007, Lydia puts clips of the song on Usenet forums. I asked this question with the little snippet of the song and always thought it would be found quickly because I always had the feeling that I knew who it was, I just couldn't figure it out, but no one could resolve it. I was tipped off to two other sites where I could post it. One was bestof80s.de, a German site, and the other was Spirit of Radio Scar, a Canadian radio site. And that's where I uploaded it. 17th of March, 2007. A fateful day. And yes, I didn't actually get an answer and then forgot about it for years. But the search doesn't end here. Enter Spanish record label Dead Wax Records and a guy called Nicholas Zuniga. Dead Wax Records is an independent label, just like the ones in the early 80s. This from Dead Wax's Bandcamp bio. We do everything ourselves out of pure passion for music. Focusing mainly on post-punk, minimal and cold wave, synth-pop, goth-rock, goth-pop. Quality music always. Lost, forgotten jewels in need of a second chance. Recently discovered treasures that will see the light for the first time. So you can see why it interested them. So fucking cool. (laughs) Now, in the years after 2007 a very specific internet subculture develops. Unbeknown to Darius and Lydia, the hunt to identify their missing song had continued. And then something really strange happened. August 2019, which was almost exactly three years ago, the day my brother and I had our lives turned upside down. Darius is coming home for lunch. It's a little earlier than normal. He turns on the radio... The presenter spoke to a man on the phone, and my brother said the voice sounded familiar to him, but he couldn't quite place it. And then he heard the presenter speak and say, We can't find out who is singing this song. My brother thought, Great, other people are also looking for unknown songs. Then the presenter said, Now we'll play the song again, and if anyone can contribute anything, please let the studio know. Then the first bars started and my brother almost lost his faith because suddenly his long sought-after song was played. That was shocking enough, 
Then it took him a while to realise that it wasn't just his own song, it was his own cassette recording. Darius was hearing the very same cassette recording that he'd made 35 years earlier. And he was learning that a whole bunch of people on the internet were trying to solve his mystery as well. I've been very active on, on one of the key forums on Discord and, and there were some amazing people there. Unbelievable to, to the lengths they went through. I mean, I think they contacted more than 500 bands, uh, DJs, producers, uh, journalists. Here's what happened. Nicholas Zuniga, the guy from Deadwax Records, developed a real interest in the song. He then passed his passion for it onto a friend in Brazil, Gabriel da Silva. Da Silva eventually pulls the trigger. He uploads the song to YouTube. By this time, people are calling it Like the Wind, by the way. Blind the Wind, according to Darius, came from the fact that English is not his first language. Back to Gabriel. He uploads the song, he waits, there's no copyright claim. And the song is published on one of the biggest platforms of them all. From here, there's a bit of interest in it, and the song finds its way into places like Rolling Stone magazine. There are even versions of the song on YouTube that have 4 million views. But, despite all that interest, no one has been able to identify it. What makes this particular song such an obsession for people? This has attracted a lot of people who are really just in it, you know, for the mystery and they even think about, like I said, some, I don't know, supernatural or whatever uh, reason behind it. And, and that has not really helped the cause, I think. And why does it fit this Lost Wave mold so perfectly? You know, this chord progression, everything, it could have been a hit, but obviously it has been forgotten. And I think that's part of the mystery. Why, why did this band or this song not make it big? And, and maybe that's one of the reasons. There's a story here that remains untold. There's Darius' story, which lacks the ending many of us want it to have. But what about the story of who is behind the track? Were they a band from behind the Iron Curtain that perhaps know nothing of this interest? Or are they a household name whose early demo tapes have never been traced back to them? This mystery remains unsolved. It might stay unsolved, but I have just bought that cork board and some string. Uh, hi there. Sorry, uh, do, you, do you speak English at all? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Is this um, the press office for Neudeutsch Rundfunk? Yes, it is. The guy who recorded the cassette tape, he used to record these shows from, from our radio station on a regular basis. And the thing is, is that there were very few people playing that kind of music at the time on German public radio. Right. It's not like, not like the BBC, you know what, it's not like John Peel and, and his cohorts. They were always, they were always kind of very hip and had this, had this massive recognition and, mm. and full support of the BBC. Where you've got to imagine, with us, it was kind of more underground in the sense that it was more, it wasn't forbidden what we were doing, otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. It was more like we were getting away with playing it. Do you think you played it or what do you reckon? Um, I think it's highly likely. There's one lead that, yeah, that we're actually, um, that's still open, um, that we're following. That's the one I think is the most interesting at the moment. Yo, T-Bone, did you produce this? 
Sounds good, right?